Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 72 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us more about you. Teach us more of your ways, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what's happening in John chapter 4. First, we see Jesus leaving Judea for Galilee. The next verse says it was necessary for him to go through Samaria. However, this would not have been the route a Jewish person would have traveled. The Samaritans were extremely poorly regarded by the Jewish nation. They were considered unclean and heathen. So why was it necessary to go this way? Well, because of a divine appointment with the woman at the well. She was not only a Samaritan who would have been avoided, but she was a massive sinner. Well, is anyone truly a massive sinner? I dare say we all are. It is speculated that because of her sin, living with various men, she wanted to avoid the other women who went to the well early in the morning. So she went when she suspected she would be all alone. However, that is exactly where she met her Savior. Was she at her lowest point? We don't know, but she was certainly at a point when she would have been highly regarded even by her own heathen people as a sinner. We would more likely call her an outcast. That's exactly when our Savior does some of his best work. He comes to us when we are drenched in our sin, maybe at our rock bottom. He let his disciples go on ahead of him while he waited for this moment, a moment to change a woman's life, which resulted in impacting the whole town. John chapter 4 verse 14 says, But whoever takes a drink of water that I will give him shall never, no, never be thirsty anymore. But the water that I will give him shall become a spring of water, welling up, flowing, bubbling continually within him unto, into, for eternal life. Such a powerful verse that again changes lives. And by the way, I love how the Old and New Testament collide in our story with this being Jacob's well. Jesus said his living water was like a spring of water that would constantly flow, bubble, and well up within us. These words give us a visual picture about how the Holy Spirit works in us. It literally bubbles up and overflows within our hearts, not just occasionally, but continually. Our passage tells us the Holy Spirit is working in us now and through eternity. Today, let's set our minds on the Holy Spirit within us and allow him to fill us to overflowing with the spring of life that never runs dry. The woman at the well did. She asked Jesus how she could have this living water. Then he tells her about herself and he tells her about himself. It is a beautiful exchange which shows us God's love and care for each and every one of us. We do not need stature or importance for him to care for us. He cares deeply for every one of his creations. I love verse 34 where Jesus says, My food, nourishment, is to do the will, the pleasure of him who sent me, and to accomplish and completely finish his work. May we strive to do God's will and be filled as Jesus was filled. The last section of this chapter shows Jesus curing a man's child who was very ill. I am impressed by this man's faith. In verse 50, Jesus tells him to go home and be at peace because his child would live. The man left Jesus, the one who could heal his son, and he went home. That would have taken an immeasurable amount of faith. I probably would have wanted Jesus to come with me to ensure my child would be healed, but he left the healer and he believed in the healing. Let's see what's happening in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Well, Paul is boasting, trying to make a case that the Corinthians should believe and trust in what he has to say about how they should live. His goal and aim is that they not live under the law that was being preached to them by others. 
We have to remember these people were Gentiles and they had never lived under the law, yet others were trying to convince them they now should. Paul goes on to tell them how God had lifted him from this earth into the glory of heaven. He was truly blessed, and yet he was also struck with an infirmity. Verses 8 and 9 say, Three times I called upon the Lord and besought him about this and begged that it might depart from me. But he said to me, My grace, my favor and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger, and enables you to bear the trouble manfully, for my strength and power are made perfect in your weakness. Paul had lived with pain for 14 years. He was shown many wonderful and glorious things by God, but he also endured physical pain, which he had asked the Lord to take away three times. And three times the Lord told him no. God told him his grace was sufficient, was enough for him. He told him his strength and power were made perfect in his weakness. God wasn't going to free Paul of his infirmity. Instead, he was going to pour his mercy upon him. He was going to be the strength Paul needed to endure it. God's strength and power is evidence in our pain and weakness as well. When our strength is gone, we lean into God because there is no other place to turn. Let's see what's happening to the Israelites in Numbers chapter 27. A couple of very interesting situations occur in chapter 27. There were some women who were left without a father and were not given any land. They pleaded their case before Moses and Moses brought it before God. He said they were correct and they should be given land as well. Then the Lord made an ordinance to protect all future situations like this so that the name of the people, a tribe, would not disappear. Next, the Lord told Moses to go up in a mountain where he would die. He was also not allowed to go into the promised land because he had not represented God in all of God's holiness to the people at the waters of Meribah. Remember when the people grumbled and complained about not having water and Moses tapped the rock twice and said because of their grumbling, here was their water. He gave no credit to the Lord for this miracle and didn't show God's love in caring for the people. So this was his penance for his sin. However, Moses asked God to provide a shepherd for the people. His heart was still for the people. He wanted them to be taken care of when he was gone. And it was decided that Joshua would be the one to take his place. In Numbers chapter 28, the Lord gave Moses a new list of offerings to be made to him. These were food offerings that turned into burnt offerings and were made as a nation, not as individuals. God told him they should be careful to offer them to him at a proper time. I've posted an article about all the offerings in the Facebook group that helps clarify what is to be given and at what time. The offerings listed were for the feasts, which were in addition to the offerings made as a vow, free will offerings, burnt offerings, cereal offerings, drink offerings, and peace offerings. We remember God is holy, and these offerings were made to be in relationship with God. Let's look at Psalm 72. King Solomon wrote this psalm when he had just taken his father's place as king. He requested one thing from the Lord, and that was wisdom. Because he asked for wisdom, God blessed him with wisdom and so many other things. First Kings chapter three, verse nine is Solomon's request of the Lord. If you'd like to read the story, it is a beautiful one. The first part of this Psalm are thoughts, almost prayers that he would judge the people fairly, defend them well and deliver the needy. He desires to be the one who points people to the Lord. The next part of the Psalm starting in verse seven is about Jesus. He ends the Psalm with praise to God, much like his father does. This is the last Psalm in book two and the last of the prayers of David. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for ministering to our hearts today. Thank you for teaching us more of your ways. May our hearts be lifted to you as we know you are holy and are to be glorified. Praise be to you, almighty God and Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.